Welcome back to The Writer and the Wrench. We are your hosts, Brent and Beverly. Hey, how you doing? I feel uh, like I haven't seen you all week. Well, you, I don't think you have. It's, let me tell you, those of you who have middle school students or have had a middle school student, that learning curve is rough. We have a sixth grader in the house now, and I don't even think Brent and I saw each other this past week with our schedule and helping with homework and... It's just been nuts. Middle school is hard, especially for an adult. I know. I think Elizabeth is doing fine. It's us. Like, we're we're on the struggle bus. Um, so we actually tried to record last Sunday, but our kids tried to sanctify us on the way to church, and we about lost our religion. So we decided <laughs> it was best to just hit pause and wait until we were done taking hostages. So what, like, what was the highlight of your week? Um, it, so are we going from Monday to Sunday? It's or? all a blur. I okay. literally have no uh, idea what honestly, has even happened this past month. Honestly, it may have just been the nap I took. <laughs> I took about, a, what, an hour nap? Yes. Okay. I don't know how you managed to do that with all the interruptions from the kids. It's a clear conscience. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was your highlight? Uh, this is going to show my age a little bit, but probably going to Costco friday night Mm. we were supposed to go to a football game and the weather because we had our youngest with us the weather it just wouldn't let up and they still had the game but we didn't really want to sit in the rain with our five-year-old so we decided to go to costco pro tip by the way the best time to go to costco is on a friday night because there's hardly anybody in there and you, if if you're anything like me, I get claustrophobic with people around very easily, and I can start to have a panic attack. And so it's it's so nice to be able to frolic up and down the aisles at Costco, and not worry about anybody else there. So that really, like, I enjoyed. It was fun. I enjoyed my trip yeah. to Costco. <laughs> um, oh, by the way, they had this cute. Not that we celebrate Halloween or anything, but they had this cute... Well, we don't celebrate it, but we like to have fun with it. I mean, We, we love Jesus, but we love candy too. Uh, but they had this cute... It was two skeletons playing dueling banjos. It was a lawn ornament. And if I knew I wasn't going to be judged, I would have totally bought it <laughs> for the front porch. Um don't be surprised if I come home with it, though. Okay, that was not me dropping a hint <laughs> of gifts is my love language, but that was not a don't show up with that, please. Um, It'll be for the kids. You can't use that excuse. Yeah. Um, I think so, your dad would like it, too. <laughs> what, what's been on your playlist this week? Your playlist. What do you, wait, what do you mean? <laughs> well... Okay, so I'm not... I, you listen to music way more than I do. I'm obsessed with music. Ever since a young Which age. Which is great. I typically will be on the way to work or somewhere, and about halfway there, I realize there's no music playing. So I will put something on. I was listening to... What is it? Um, Love Everybody? Is it? it oh, by, by Peabody. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of like the fun one I was, I was playing with, but... If you need a you hype hijacked, song, yeah. If you need a hype song, go listen to "Love Everybody" by Peabod. And if you want more fun, just watch the video. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's it, a super happy guy. <laughs> ha. 
So, but, but you hijacked, I think, most of the... I feel like you're salty that I control <laughs> the radio 99% of the time when we're together. I, I don't. It's when you play the same song over 99% of the time. Okay, listen. I am not up on what is popular anymore. I feel like once I turned... It's probably in my early 30s. I stopped knowing what was cool or what was popular. And so apparently this song has been out and it's popular. But our church actually performed it as part of our song fest last week. And it's called Numb Little Bug. And I discovered that that song is my spirit animal (laughs) song and if you know what i'm talking about you go listen to it do not baker act me i just i relate to a lot of the lines in there but it's also just a very catchy upbeat type song even though the lyrics are a little more serious but so that's what i've been listening to apparently way too many times um (laughs) few few times few few too many times so what would you be doing right now if we were not recording this podcast episode? Today, I would probably be working on something at the house that needs to either get fixed or, so, I don't know, something like that. Um, I, I don't know. So, like the usual? Yeah. I already took a nap, so, I mean, that... That kind of it is that. a luxurious life for you right yeah. now. It's <laughs> well, torturous being well, a teacher right now. The very beginning of the school year is always just so, I don't know what way is up or down right now. And I have, if we weren't recording right now, I have, aside from the fact that I have 9 million things on my to-do list, so I actually wouldn't be doing any of them. But what I would want to be doing is watching Dance With Me. And I'm not really a... Dance With Me or Shall We Dance? Oh, is it Shall We See, that's how long it's been since I... It's with Richard Gere. Yeah, it's... And... Shall uh, We Dance. Was it Jennifer Lopez? Uh-huh. Is it Jennifer Lopez? Sure. Yep. Yes. And I'm not one for romantic movies unless they're kind of non-traditional. I don't like the movie that you can predict what's going to happen. But something about that movie at the end, like it always, it gets me the ending and i think it was because book of love by peter gabriel came on yesterday while i was working in the kitchen and that song is featured in that movie that's an old now that i'm thinking about that's a pretty old movie is that from like 20 years ago um just about i feel like i don't know how old is jennifer lopez old we're old old. like we're like we're all I, I mentioned to my students the other day about when I was in college 20 years ago and their jaws all dropped to the floor and I said yeah I'm I'm that old is, is that because you're not getting mistaken as a, as a one of the students now I used to be mistaken as it like that's for another day but anyway I just now have that the the hankering to watch that movie now if only if I had the time I hope you didn't miss the picture of mm. Brent with his bowl cut and Cookie Monster <laughs> sweater. I posted it on you, Instagram. You, you didn't miss it if you didn't <laughs> see it. But. To be honest with you, I was kind of disappointed. It wasn't as hideous. I'm sorry. <laughs> it wasn't as hideous as I thought it was going to be. I was envisioning a bright blue sweater 
that literally looks like Cookie Monster. But it was just a sweater, like a normal sweater, and it happened to have a picture of Cookie Monster yeah, it's on a, it. Well, it was a red. I mean, it wasn't a... Well, red's a normal color for a sweater. Mm, but Bright blue would L- not like be. Cookie Mon- like, it's just, it's poor graphics. I mean, it was... Now that I see, what did you call that collar? Butterfly collar. Okay, now that you're, you're, I can see it, I know do, do what you see you're, the butterfly in there? <laughs> yes, but that still doesn't necessarily look like a butterfly wing. So when you said that, I was envisioning some sort of collar I'd never seen before. But I obviously have seen that style. That's from the 70s, right? Yes. Yeah. See, I wasn't alive in the 70s. So I'm not up on all the terminology. Okay, anyway. I forgive you. (laughs) It's Sunday. It's a good day to forgive. So today we want to focus on the zero-based budget, which to me, I think it's the bread and butter of a financial health game plan. The word budget isn't necessarily a bad word. I think we talked about that a little bit in our first episode. Usually when you hear budget, people automatically think, that you're you can't afford to do things or that you're poor Um, but that's not really the case it's not restrictive it might feel restrictive when you first start if you are a crazy spender but in the end it actually gives you freedom but it but it looks restrictive to other people looks restrictive to other people but who cares how they feel it's your money it's your life and hopefully your plan is to to win with money. Your plan's better than their plan. <laughs> <laughs> For the average American, yes, that would be true. That's what stats tell us. It allows you, especially if you're married, for like you and your spouse to play on the same team. And I don't know, they say the within the top several reasons that divorces happen one of the top contributing factors is money issues slash money fights. And that makes total sense to me. And so why would you not want to eliminate those things out of your marriage? And so if you're on the same page as your spouse, you're playing on the same team, you're you're not playing against each other. And a zero-based budget is pretty much just predetermining where each of your dollars from your paycheck is going to go ahead of time. It's how you win financially. It's having that game plan. It's kind of like athletics, right? So you can't just show up as a football player. I got football in the brain because of the game last Friday. You can't show up as a football player and walk out onto the field and just randomly do your thing and expect to win. You have to go to practice. You have to learn strategies. You have to know what the plays are. And then you go out and you execute them. And so it's to me, it's very... Like a very similar picture. Well, and, and, and how your teammates play. So in this scenario... Oh, I didn't scenario, think about that. It would be how you and your spouse are playing the game together. Because if you're not playing the game together, this isn't going to work. Yeah. Basically... Or work I, well. Anyway. Yeah. Everything you're going to spend money on in any given year is a part of your monthly budget. And whether that's a weekly expense or a monthly expense or something that you pay for once a year, sometimes we forget about those things because they only come up once a year. So when we do our budget, we're not thinking about, you know, the car insurance maybe that get, gets paid twice a year, right? Until it's all of a sudden upon us and then we don't have the money set aside. Um, I think one of the ones that we always used to forget about were the 
uh, registration tags and registration or something like oh, that yeah. that used to kind of pop up and we were we always kind of had to figure out a way to to account for that but i mean obviously it's part of our budget now but and there i mean there's a learning curve too when you first start doing this because you might not be able to think of every single thing you have to pay for during a year but when you set up your zero base budget you can do this either on paper or a spreadsheet and we have an editable one available for you on the resource tab on our webpage. And it also has a second tab with a monthly cash envelope system um, because you're gonna set up your monthly budget and say, this is the money and where it goes. But then you also need a place to actually put in your expenses. So when you go out and purchase something, you need it to deduct out of that category. And so there's those two different tabs. So that's on the website for you guys to download and edit it because some categories I've gone ahead and preloaded with like a ton of different categories. Some of them might not apply to you or you might have things that we don't have. So you can add those things in. Um, but you essentially need to figure out what your monthly net income is. And the whole goal is just to assign every single dollar a name. So you're telling your money what it is going to do instead of just running around spending money blindly, which is what the average American does, which is what we used to do. Um, and for us as people of faith, the very first thing we enter into the budget is our tithe. And that's always been super important to us. I was raised and trained that that's you give back to God, like everything we have is a blessing from him. And so we turn right back around and give back to him. After that, it's the things that you absolutely need to live, like food, utilities, shelter, transportation. And every time you enter an amount into the spreadsheet, it deducts that amount from your total mm -hmm. net income down at the bottom. So you can see how much money you have left to play with. And the question always is, well, what should you include on your monthly budget? It's like I said before, absolutely anything you'll spend in any given year, even if you don't pay it monthly. So that includes homeowner's insurance, although if you still have a mortgage, that's probably wrapped in. Mm -hmm. um, car insurance, uh, if you live somewhere, we have an HOA, but we don't pay monthly dues. It's just a yearly assessment, so that always mm -hmm. comes up. This is where you would plug in Christmas, just anything that even if it doesn't occur during on a regular monthly basis, you still need to take that amount that you're going to have to spend divide it by 12, plug that into your monthly budget so you're setting that money aside monthly. So when it comes time to pay, especially if it's a large amount, those are not fun. Like us forgetting the title and registration, that's not some huge amount. Although when we first started, that it was felt, like, it a huge felt amount. like a big yeah. amount, right? And we had to scramble to figure out where we were going to pull that money from. Um, but if you start setting it aside every single month, when you get that bill, it's the money's already sitting there. And so you don't have to scramble. You don't have to depend on a bonus. You don't have to depend on a side job. It's already accounted for. And so as you keep plugging things in and that money gets deducted, you'll notice your monthly income number getting smaller and smaller. And that's what you want it to do. Because Which is you, okay. Yeah. You want it to zero out as the thing. And that's why it's called a zero-based budget. Um, and one of three things is going to happen by the time you get done putting everything in. And when I say like everything, some it depends on how precise you like to be. I feel like we include a category. I would rather have smaller categories that's more 
um, what, what would be the word? Instead of just having a beauty category, for instance, that covers haircuts and makeup and beauty products, mm. I have that spread out. So there's an envelope mm. for hair. There's an envelope for they're more specific. Yeah, they're very specific. Um, and that's what I kind of prefer. But one of three things is going to happen by the time you get done putting in all the money that you think you're going to spend during a month. The first one, I feel like rarely happens for most people, but it might. You nice and neatly distribute your money and everything is accounted for. And you're like, ah, like that, <laughs> that worked out perfectly. The second one is a little more rare. I feel like it's probably a little more rare for married people or married people with kids. If you're single, you might fall into the second category. But when you get done plugging everything in, you end up with extra money and realize that you can either increase categories like vacation or date night or clothing or whatever floats your boat that you like to spend money on in any given month. Um, you can then take the excess money and either plug it into those envelopes or create a new envelope or designate that money to put into savings and savings is like it's, it's a whole other it's a whole other episode like there's so many different directions you can go here um because it it's really important that as you start out you want to have three to six months living expenses for emergencies because life happens and when something comes up and it's a huge expense if you have an emergency fund it doesn't feel like a crisis you just you have the money to pay for it and that's separate from actual savings yeah so that's a you set it up and you forget leave it. it alone you leave it alone except for when you have that crisis come up so okay so it either number one works out nicely number two you have extra money or thirdly which i think is the most common thing that happens you're going to end up in the red and realize that you are spending more money than you make mm. <laughs> and that's when you have to make a decision about what you want to cut back on or what can you temporarily eliminate so your net income shows zero and this is the part that maybe isn't fun up front especially if you're used to being able to spend money on a variety of different things you might have to make that sacrifice. When you think about it, what do we actually truly need when it comes to the budget? Not a whole lot, right? To actually no. live. We There's a lot of things that we want to be able to do. But for a time, you might have to sacrifice some of those things. And so you might have to cut back. The goal, especially if you have debt, is to eliminate your debt so it increases your actual income. Because if you're not paying car payment or credit cards or a line of credit student loans student loans yeah. or even eventually your home mortgage that money becomes spendable money and that's when things start to get exciting when you pay off debt and you can turn around and now that money is going in your pocket instead of back out the door to whoever you owe money to i feel like that's when people get it like the they, first time they yeah, pay something off they yeah and then all of a sudden you have oh i have an extra you know hundred dollars or two hundred dollars from this credit card that or imagine when you pay or, off your car payment yeah they say the average american car payment is somewhere around 450 dollars a month like could you imagine paying off your car and being content and satisfied with the car you have and agreeing that you're just going to drive it till the wheels fall off 
and you can use that 450 to start saving for a replacement car and once you hit that amount that you want to be able to spend on a new car down the road when you have to then you can just do whatever you want with that money well then but then you'll have the people who say well what if i just get the new car i'm already paying it myself but, but the, the issue comes when you, you get laid you off, you lose you a job, lose, something yeah. else comes up, you you have to pay that car payment or it's, your car is going to get impounded. But if you've already paid cash for it, it's yours. Anyway, if you're serious about financial health and winning with money, I feel like it's you have to be all in. You can't just kind of halfway do this and it be successful. You have to decide that you're content with what you have and for some of us because i know that i can fall victim to this sometimes if that means you need to get off social media so you're not playing the comparison game or you're feeling like you're missing out on all the cool things that everybody else is doing then get off social media like do what it takes to stay focused on the long the long game is that the right term end game long game game. long the long long game game. game. something like tortoise (laughs) <laughs> yes, you're the tortoise, not the hare. Um, okay, so once your monthly budget is done and you, and if you're married, your spouse agree on it, you have your monthly cash envelope. So we talked about that. You fill in. This is where all the money is going to go. It has a name. And then you have your envelopes, whether that be an actual cash envelope or a digital system like we have available for you online. When we took FPU, it was called the cash envelope system because they highly encouraged you to use actual cash because it hurts more when you hand over. Like this is a scientific study that they did. It's like a physical change. There was a change in your your brain. Yes, when you had to hand over. If you had to hand over a thousand dollars or something, some people would start sweating versus swiping a card and okay, we'll be gone. Yeah, it's a lot easier to swipe the card than it is to hand over the physical cash. And so when we started out 11 years ago, we did the actual physical, I think it was 11 years ago. You're looking at me funny. Well, she's just turned 12. We took FPU when her first year, when she was like, when we were living in the old house. I thought thought it was before that, but maybe not. Crown was before we had her. Mm. That's what gave us the ability for me to stay home with her because we got out of debt. FPU is what told us all the day-to-day stuff, and that was after she was born. Um, But we used the actual cash envelopes for nine, about nine years Mm -hmm. until COVID hit. And I would go, envelope refill day is the best day of the month. I remember going to the bank I had a paper that had all of the bills, the denominations, and how many I needed of each of them to give it to the cat. Is it cashier? Is that what you would call it? The bank teller? I feel like they always kind of yeah. looked at me funny. Like, why do you need a certain number of 100s and 20s and 50s and 1s <laughs> and all of this stuff? And I would walk out with my loot so excited to get home and divvy it up between the cash envelopes. Do you remember so- we got... We had the bank tell us one time that we couldn't get more than, it was like, X amount of one hundreds. Uh, it was something. I was like, you're a bank. What do you mean you can't give me? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, I remember one time the teller ended up giving us, I don't know how the mistake occurred, but she ended up giving us $100 extra. Remember, I got home to distribute all the money and I was like, I must have missed something somewhere. So I pulled everything out and recounted and discovered that I don't know if 100 had gotten stuck to another one or something had happened. But we had to go back to the bank because she had given, she was she so was grateful so to us. She was nervous that when they cashed out her drawer, I mean, she probably would have had to cover that. I don't know how that works, but she was so grateful. Um, she but, knew your name by then, too, after yes, that. Yes, yes. And she gave me a lollipop every time I came through the drive through <laughs> um, But obviously, when COVID hit, everybody kind mm-hmm. of went digital or at least we went digital we decided to start using a spreadsheet and so everything's virtual and i go in a spreadsheet for the cash envelopes envelopes, envelopes, not just the spreadsheet well we always had the spreadsheet for the the budget budget, but the cash envelopes then became just clarifying for (laughs) they became digital at that point um and so anyway we would refill or we do refill every month but it's on the, the budget spreadsheet. And every time we make a purchase, that money has to come out of one of our categories. And to me, like one of the cool things is when you get to the end of a month and you didn't spend all of the money in a category, that just starts accruing in, in that category. And so you can, if you have some restraint, you can really build up some cash for something and save up for something that you want to get. Um, but anyway, you can spend a monthly category until there's nothing left. And then you have to tell yourself, no, you have to learn a little restraint and say, I can't eat out anymore because we used every last dollar in there and we just got to wait until the next month. And that's the hard part for people. To have the restraint. Yeah. I remember the first time we did a zero base budget. So we took FPU and the homework was it the first week that we went to class. Was it the first week that they, our homework was to do the zero-based budget? Oh, yeah, yeah. So we had to do the zero-based budget. And the fear was, Brent was more fearful than I was. Like, I was super excited. But I think that's because he had been taking care of paying the bill. Like, he was the finance person up until this point. And I just, that's what I had always seen modeled as well. That's what he had seen modeled is that the man just takes care of the finances. And I think he had this fear that... It wasn't going to work out. Yeah. I mean, we had our regular monthly bills that was usually a set amount, so we knew what that was going to be. But when it came to random things like eating out or buying clothes or shoes or getting our hair cut or buying makeup or, you know, whatever it was, we we didn't really have any guardrails and we didn't know what we could spend. So it was always just kind of a guessing game. I remember calling you. I had gone shopping one day. I think you were at work. I had gone shopping one day just to window shop and decided to try a few things on. And I remember calling you from the fitting room because there was a dress I wanted mm-hmm. to get. And I think it wasn't even a like a super large amount of money. It was like $40. I think maybe. it was like $40 or $50. $40 or $50. But I didn't know really what was going on with the finances. And so I remember calling you asking if you thought it would be okay if I spent the money and I just remember you didn't answer me right away you were I was doing my calculations in the head you were calculating in your head about whether or not it was something that I could do well I think I'm thinking about this a little bit more I think 
the part that I didn't think was going to work out on paper was all of the other categories that you were going to want to put on the budget. So in my head, I was thinking, oh, I know what the mortgage is. I know what the, you know, the electric is and what the water is and, and those type of things. But then you create a budget with having to think about everything. Yeah. That's the part that I felt wasn't going to work out because it just wouldn't. Well, there's something powerful about knowing what you can spend in any given month for the things you want to buy. Plus a huge bonus if you're married is it completely removes resentment from what your partner decides to spend. I, I mean, truly, I can say with complete honesty, I don't think we've ever really, since we've been on this plan, had a money fight or disagreement or argument because I feel like we're on the same page. The budget is a mutual agreement. We also discovered in the process that I'm the one who likes to budget, like be in charge of the finances. And Brent was actually relieved because that's not something he enjoyed. And so I took over. True that. (laughs) (laughs) I took over paying the bills. I'm the person who draws up the budget. Now, when I get done drawing it up, we have a budget meeting and we discuss what the categories look like and how much money we've set aside for things and he has the ability to veto things or for us to discuss things, but we don't move forward until we both agree that this is our game plan. So for instance, we have separate shopping envelopes. So, and this used to not be the case when we first started out, we, you know, we were on a bare bones budget, but I can spend freely from my envelope without having to tell him there's no more me in the dressing room calling him at work saying, do you think that we can swing this? Like, I know how much I can spend because when the money that I've set aside for it is gone, I just know that I'm I'm done spending until that envelope refills. Or if I want to make a bigger purchase, like I have my eye on something, I just allow the money in my envelope to accrue from month to month until I have the amount that I need to make that big purchase. Or wait for it to go on sale. <laughs> or wait for it to, which, yes, I feel like there are habits and things that we had to get used to when we first started this that are actually good healthy habits that we still kind of take part in or practice today but i remember when we first finished our very first zero based budget and it was a little scary but it was also a relief to identify what we could spend money on and what we couldn't spend money on and honestly there were years that certain categories didn't get to exist because we didn't have the money for them and even though it might kind of going back to the idea of does it feel restrictive to us it didn't I mean I guess because we knew that that it it wasn't going to be that way forever like we Mm -hmm. were going to work our plan and we don't have a date night envelope now but we will right we're gonna back then yeah because we do now we do now (laughs) but there were years that we like things just didn't get i remember our monthly grocery budget i think was around three hundred dollars and i couponed i walked around the grocery store with a calculator and calculated everything that i put in my cart and i had i mean i had to remember doing that with you yes we rarely went out to eat unless we had a gift card. Thank goodness I was a teacher because I used to get loaded with, with, you know, restaurant gift cards for different holidays and stuff. And we would use those for date nights. 
but speaking of, we didn't we didn't have a date night envelope. We had to get creative with that. There were a lot of times that we just stayed home, or you find things that are free to do. I shopped secondhand stores mostly. We didn't have a vacation envelope. We drove old vehicles that sometimes I was embarrassed by. But again, we had our eye on the prize. I Listen, I colored my hair out of a box for years just because it was $14 versus $80 or $90. And I don't, like, and I, when I go to get my hair done now, I do a single process. So I feel like the cost that I pay is actually on the cheaper end because I hear some people getting checked out at the hair salon and their hair every time they get it done is like several hundred dollars which blows my mind but hey if that's your thing that's your thing i'm good with my black emo <clears throat> goth hair i think it's funny too because every once in a while if we have some unexpected change come up and i've heard you say in the past <laughs> well do you want me to just color my hair out of a box again well that's what i'm talking about though after years of doing something like that, you know it's doable. And so if something comes up and it's like, we need to free up some cash somewhere, can I? do I want to go back to coloring my hair out of a box? Not really, but could I do it? Absolutely. Like, it's, it's just something that can be done. Uh, I remember only getting my nails done for special occasions. And even though... I, I don't know. I'm trying to remember. You still kind of do your nails with the oh yeah so, powder. Okay, so that's thing. another mm-hmm. habit. Yeah. So I and it was because of COVID. Saw people talking about at home dip powder kits, and so I was like, I'm going to try this out. And would I prefer to have somebody else do my nails? Yes. Do I still have somebody else do my nails? A couple times a year. Usually when my sister in law comes to see me, that's one of our outings that we do. Um, and then usually maybe around Christmas, I might go get them done. But otherwise, I know I can do it for cheaper. And I would I would personally rather use that money for something else. But again, it's what floats your boat, right? Because there's probably categories that I s- would spend a lot of money on that other people would be like, what? Like, mm. why do you spend? So it's it's different for different people. But, but we were living on a bare bones budget. But honestly, it was so rewarding because I feel like we knew we were being good stewards. Like, we were on to something. I feel like we were learning how to be content. Um, not to mention, like, paving the way for our kids' futures, for them to have, hopefully, a stress-free financial future, um, still learning habits, from like we were just talking about from today. In fact, I just placed an order online from threadup.com, which is a secondhand clothing store, and I bought, I needed some new school clothes. I purged my closet over the summer. And now that I've gotten through a couple weeks of school, realize mm-hmm. I don't think I have enough clothes I can actually wear to school to work. So I went ahead on Thread Up. And well, first I looked at some of my favorite retail shops and didn't really see much that I liked. And it's all expensive if you're going to pay full price. But I think I spent about $100 and got 10 clothing items all from White House Black Market and Express. And they've obviously been worn by somebody else, but I can clean them and wear them. And I'm totally, i it makes me feel excited that I got so much for my money because that comes out to like, what, $10? 
a pop for things that probably cost somewhere between 60 and i think one of the dresses i got originally retail because they show you what the original retail price is i think it was like 135 dollars from white house black market and got it for 15 so yes those there's habits things that we did back then that i still feel like we do now that have been good healthy habits and here we are 11 years later and all the categories that didn't get to exist back then are now fully functioning and one of our biggest victories biggest dreams goals slash whatever since we started this journey was to pay off our home and back in april we went into the bank and paid off our home mortgage and now nobody can come take our house from us so <laughs> even if we both lose our jobs we we still have some place to live so that's super exciting it's amazing what you can do with a mortgage payment when that money gets to go into your pocket instead of to the bank and talk about free like i no longer have to call brent to run a purchase by him i have my clothing envelope my cosmetic envelope spending money i can do whatever i want and i don't need his permission because we already agreed on that monthly amount ahead of time and don't worry like he has his own personal (laughs) i mean i'm more of a shopper than he is but he also had well funny story so when we first started out i think we had a clothing envelope and it was supposed to be shared between the two of us (laughs) (laughs) and it didn't get a whole lot of money i don't even remember it might have even been only like 30 dollars or something a month and so you really had to let it accrue to be able to go get a few things and what we discovered all the way up until maybe just a year ago was I would spend a lot of the clothes, but he doesn't require, he's never really asking for something. He's not a, a, <laughs> I don't mean this in a bad way, but he's not, I'm not a, wants to go out and find, king. yeah, find the latest fashion or whatever. He just like wants comfort. his clothes, he wants comfort and he wants it to be functional. And so, um, but what we discovered was when he did need something like a new pair of shoes, cause he blows through shoes like crazy. I had already spent a lot of the clothing money. So we finally separated that out. So I have my own clothing envelope. He has his. So I can literally go spend whatever I want out of my envelope. And I don't like I don't have to run it by him. And I don't need. I know you're looking at my envelope. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not looking at your envelope. I promise. Um So anyway, we wanted to remind you that we have the spreadsheet on the website. If you're interested in looking at the zero-based budget and... You can send us a message if you have any questions on how to work it or how to edit it. Yep. And if you are not subscribed to the website, that's thewriterandthewrench.com. We're on Instagram too. We're almost to 100 followers, like... I think we should do another giveaway when we get to 100 followers. You need to put that in the budget. (laughs) He did tell me earlier because gifts is my love language. And so I'm like already planning all these giveaways that I want to do. And he's like, you you need to add an envelope (laughs) for that so you can pay for this. So anyway, thanks for hanging out with us. And we will catch you next time.